Hello and welcome to Fintech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I have Om Sutar, founder and CEO of Squirrel. Squirrel is a company that combines fitness tracking, behavioral finance, and insurance into one product. And to find out how that those three things work together, here's my interview with Om. Hello, Om. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Yourself? It's a beautiful, sunny spring day in Virginia. Glad the rain's behind us and uh, we have uh, more active weather to look forward to in, uh, in this podcast. So yes, so Om Sitar of Squirrel, tell us about Squirrel. Yeah, so um, Squirrel, it was first a, a concept, became an app, and now we're a workplace wellness program, and we're empowering the physical, emotional, and financial wellness of our workforce. So we'll get into how you do that in a minute. So tell me what the impetus for starting the company was. Yeah, so I've been working in the financial space for quite some time, and I saw the, the toughest, most challenging problems, sometimes human problems lie in the intersection of industries, and then they just remain unsolved. None could be truer than physical and financial wellness. So the first thing I did was I just harassed about 40 of my friends to send me screenshots for a month of uh, every evening of the steps they took. In the morning, I would text them various themes of encouragement, uh, recognizing and rewarding language, texting them with the number that they didn't know I had, pretending to be the app. And uh, <laughs> That's uh, a really good way to fake it. I like that. Yeah, I got a lot of really good responses. And I learned a lot of um, anxiety that people have with some existing solutions. Like uh, one that came up a lot was the Apple Watch. We'll you know, start with the message. And it's kind of agnostic of what you did yesterday. and would just say, make it happen today. And uh, it just made me think back to the rich dad, poor dad principle of like pay yourself first as a way to, you know, positive psychology and a way to start each morning. So I it's guess that was the that first as, as we're talking here, I can just imagine the people in the audience wondering what the heck we're talking about and how it's really defined. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll get to fitness and finance shortly, but this is, uh, please go ahead. Yeah. And there was healthy skepticism and like, wait, physical and financial, um, will people really want to tie the two together? And it's certainly a novel uh, concept. So in one way, it's, it's never been done, so it presents its own challenges. But on the other side, once people started doing it and just saw the potential savings, especially within two weeks, it, we translate every thousand steps to a dollar potentially saved. And once people see that, just doing what they're naturally doing, even with, without going to the gym, that they could have been saving themselves a hundred bucks within a couple of weeks, they, they realized the, the power of this and uh, really, really buy in. So let, let's go back a sec. So let's talk about what the app does quickly. And we can go back to your journey just because I think we may have lost people with some of that. So basically you're measuring people's footsteps and then, or just activity level. And then what happens in the background? What are you trying to do? Yeah. So uh, basically download the app, tracks the steps you naturally take each day with Apple Health or Google Fit, depending on which device you have. And we basically show you a split dashboard, a ring that closes at 10,000 steps a day, and then a bar graph that is connected to your physical activity. Like I said, 1,000 steps equals a dollar potentially saved. So at the end of the day, we're hoping you'd save 10 bucks for yourself. And the beauty of it is um, the app allows you to bring your own bank accounts. Uh, so you're funding your savings from your own checking account, and we're moving the funds into your own savings account at the end of each week based on sure. your physical activity. Yeah. So essentially what you're doing is you're gamifying, you know, just like any other activity app, you're gamifying activity, but you're reinforcing it with money, but it's the actual person's own money. And it sounds almost counterintuitive, like, well, I'm not getting a bonus out of it. But then again, we, you know, it's basically almost like a double reinforcement. You're doing something positive and you're getting something, you're doing something positive in the form of savings as well. 
It is. It is. And, and this is trying to tap into what you're naturally already doing. So this is not about how much you do at the gym or go work out or go lift weights. No, it's just about, you know, how much you walked while you went to the grocery store or went shopping or walked around the office. And you'd be surprised how, much, how quickly that adds up. I've been wearing an Apple Watch for years and before that a Fitbit, so I'm not that surprised. So, okay, so you basically, you basically got some feedback after faking this phone number <laughs> and, sure. and uh, texting people encouragement. And yeah. you, know, you developed an app that basically would help people save. Where has that led you? Because I'm setting you up because I know exactly what the answer is. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we realized through the existing ecosystem of savings apps like Acorns and things like that, that first of all, we weren't going to make money off the people that we were, were trying to help. And there's a lot of uh, subscription fatigue with app services like Digit and some of our uh, other competitors in the in the saving space. And so what we did was we created an in-app purchase for connecting your account securely. Uh, we charged $4.99 for that. But then we, we really found that we didn't know who was really going to be be paying for this. So um, after another round of uh, testing and uh, market research and investigation, we found that there's a pretty big gap in the wellness benefit space, specifically for small businesses, startups that can only afford a high, high deductible plan because traditional wellness programs are made for self-insured enterprise level, large, large companies. So you pivot, not pivot, but you basically discovered that the data you're collecting basically works really well for companies that basically need to reward their or need to provide some sort of insurance solution for health insurance solution for their for the consumer so you can you can you speak to how those two concepts come together yeah absolutely so imagine you're a small business employer you've got 50 employees you pay a high deductible plan you really want to attract the best talent but Dollar for dollar, you can't compete with the large enterprises in the benefits you provide. And you do care about uh, wellness and staying active and things like that. So what you can do with Squirrel is you can sign up through our portal, customize your conditions and the payout amounts. So for example, I can say, hey, every single time one of my employees hits 10,000 steps in a day, I'll pay them a dollar. So these incentives are paid out from the employer to the employees directly at the end of each month. And you can customize the number of conditions and the payout amounts to fit your budget. And then we provide a dashboard that shows aggregate anonymous level data so you can track user activation and uh, progress and long-term behavior change. Interesting. So, and that's kind of, again, this is an interesting concept here because we're now we're linking, we're linking, you have health data and activity data and insurance in the same world. So we're starting to see that happen these kind of cross verticals happen. And, you know, John Hancock in the U.S., Manulife Financial, their Canadian part, their Canadian um, uh, owner, actually, they've started issuing Fitbits, or it's not Fitbits, but any kind of fitness tracker with insurance and basically discounting you based on your activity. Now, tell us how you're going to be able to, or you're, you're, you're planning on, or how you are marrying together that activity data with, with the insurance. Yeah, that, that's a great point. So, this is probably our, our greatest weakness and our greatest strength is that we believe or the responsible thing to do is to not actually work with the insurance companies. And the reason being is wellness programs today are designed to help health insurance companies create public health records off your personal health, health mm -hmm. data. So trust is really our currency with our customers. And what we do is we believe in decoupling 
the insurance companies from the wellness programs. And in doing so, we actually become interoperable where we can be a value add to any high deductible plan. And you could imagine then in an ideal scenario down the road in the future, we'd love for an employee to be able to go from employer to employer and just change the person paying out the incentives. But the wellness program sticks because you don't have to go through a, an ambiguous portal and go through weird claims and just a lot of the tediousness and the, the effort that we don't have the time or patience for in our busy lives. But again, so it's interesting because you're, you said your angle is different. You're not working with the insurance carriers. You're working, you're working to kind of protect the employers, the providers of these solutions. And you're basically bringing to bear the same kind of technology that is being used by the major insurance company, but now to the direct benefit of that, of that, uh, they, they're the ones who win, not the insurance company. So essentially what I mean by that is the employer is nudging people to do positive activities, which should hopefully in turn reduce the premium on that high deductible insurance, correct? That's right. Potentially, that would be one of the outcomes, but more directly per person, the benefits are for every 2,000 steps that you add to your habit and keep, which most of our users do within 166 days on average, that's an 8% reduction in the risk of chronic cardiovascular disease. So if, if we're successful and we can scale, that's actually a pretty good impact on reducing the stress on our healthcare system if we do this. Uh, the CDC actually quoted, they mentioned that if every American walked 10,000 steps a day, the American healthcare economy would save $550 billion in treating chronic cardiovascular diseases uh, every year. So our cardiologist is ripping off like fitness bands off people now. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. But uh, yeah. I mean, like this is, I wasn't talking about direct initial savings, but I mean, being in a space in the in the in the group benefit space, the thing that drives every employer nuts and the insurance guy and the insurance guys nuts is essentially you go to renewal time and oh look these people had all these issues or whatever it was and the trends are just going up and up and you know as their employer staff gets employee staff gets older there's a level of fatigue and a level of, of cost uh, that basically is very hard to maintain for some businesses and then that's how you end up with high deductible plans you can't afford anything else because essentially. Everybody just is just degrading, right? But if you're if you're long term incentivizing the correct actions, you know, if you look at an enterprise as a 20, 30, 40, 50 year venture, you encourage your employees to be healthy, you reward them for being healthy, they're gonna get rewarded 10, 10 times over in terms of premiums down the road, right? That that's right. And and this is slow but sticky growth. This isn't yeah. that like hockey stick curve. So what it probably looks like uh, is more um walking meetings, it, more people active during lunchtime if they can be in inventive ways, whether it's walking stairs uh, internally when it's a cold day or walking outside. Those little things really start moving the needle bit by bit. And uh, it also improves the, the happiness and, and really uh, the culture of your company in, in intangible ways. No doubt. And actually, I have to think, uh, hopefully, <laughs> I, you know, I also find that most businesses they typically have or most companies the people who work out, a lot of them start to cluster together and, and work out together. So that's a, that's a positive, right? It's a self-reinforcing cycle of, of fitness. So tell me the date. You've basically come up with this concept. What's the reception been to date? The reception's been really excitement from small businesses. It's been rejection from wellness benefits brokers and the traditional world which was tough to navigate and understand initially. But our approach in sales is really direct to purchaser. And that really helps actually cut out a lot of the, the fat in the process as well. Because 
I think some of these, um, the HR managers and the employers' voices have not been heard till date. So when we're partnering with our pilot employers, we're kind of providing a white glove treatment to them and making sure that the features, the information we provide uh, really fits the employees and employers. And by taking out these other players, we're bringing those two groups back together and closer together than what's been possible before. Let's talk about those two groups. Like, so why has the traditional distribution model been very unhappy or less than pleased with basically, uh, you know, with your solution? Sure. I think it's because it challenges the status quo, the, the aeons and the giant brokers of the healthcare world. They really are looking for their kickback and what their revenue, uh, how this is going to fit into their revenue stream and what that projection is going to look like now. But they've got the sales force, or the, the feet on the ground to really deploy these solutions. And a lot of these solutions are built and prepackaged as value adds to or, or uh, upsells to that health insurance plan. So you don't really know where, like what's the itemized cost of these programs. You don't know what the value in ROI is. And then really the workforce is changing. We've got a, you know, 80 plus million American gig economy. We've got a lot of small businesses. We've got a lot of manual labor environments that just don't have wellness programs. And it leaves a really big gap. And in fact, it's about 48% of the workforce only 33% of small businesses have a, have a wellness program, yet that's 48% of the workforce. So that's like, a, what, about a 75 to 80 million American workers just, just in that? No, oh, that's, that's problematic. So, okay. So, I mean, it, it's interesting, too, because the, the conventional thinking is that they will, these plans will typically have, like, you know, ancillary benefits, like discount plans for gyms in the area or whatever it might be. But, you know, never really, never, I just find it so, it's so counterintuitive. I mean, not counterintuitive. I, I find it so almost hypocritical. I mean, like, yeah, these, these companies have an incentive in, in people being sick because, you know, they make a slice of whatever the employer's paying in. But then again, I mean, like they've really squeezed every penny they can out of the employer now because, you know, they're not able to offer anything other than a high deductible plan. So it's unfortunate. I mean, I think, I think in the long run, I think if something like solutions like yours worked, you'd see lower deductible plans, more claims, more volume, but on smaller things, right? And that might yep. make a difference. So it's a little bit short-sighted, but I, I totally see their kind of rent-seeking behavior there. Okay, so talk to me. So the actual direct-to-consumer market or direct-to-employer market, what have you done to date to penetrate that market and what's been effective and what's worked for you? Yeah, word of mouth. Everything <laughs> revolves around word of mouth. Even lead gen online is about word of mouth. So what we do is we've partnered with our local chamber of commerce to really understand three different key sectors, the remote teams, the office environment, and then more manual labor environments. And we're working on customizing all this for each of these environments to make sure the fit is makes sense from a, a value prop perspective. Another thing that we've learned in our feedback has uh, informed our pricing model is we only charge per employee that activates the program. So if you don't sign up for the program and it's a voluntary program, mandatory wellness programs don't work. <laughs> if you don't sign up, you don't get charged for it at all. So okay. you don't have that fear of, am I paying for something that people won't use? Fair enough. So you've reduced friction in that regard and people are thankful for it. Yep. And our go-to-market strategy is really about reaching out to these small businesses, creating referral programs, accelerating word of mouth, and our uh, setup process is about, it takes about 10 minutes if you have all the information in front of you. So we can onboard you in minutes and clicks where it takes our competitors days 
and weeks to schedule a call, have a wellness professional come in, customize the program, lots of high touch stuff that you just probably don't have time for and is what we call upstream activities where it's like things you have to go out of your way to start doing. And we focus on everything that's downstream, which is tapping into the things that you're already doing and then using behavioral science to nudge you along the way to make incremental improvements. Excellent. So, I mean, frankly, it's just such a positive story, right? I mean, like you get to basically say, hey, maybe you have a, spending, a health spending account for your employees with a health with a high deductible plan. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're considering one. But here's a way that you can basically reward the people who are going to be the healthiest and possibly the least in the long run and encourage everybody else to do it. To, to basically be more healthy and save you more in the long run. And, you know, it's one of these things where the company's giving up money, sure, but you've got to do something positive for both of you to do it. It's, it's, it's such a win-win. It makes so much sense to me. Yeah. The three stats that I always remember is three out of four Americans will be pre-diabetic by the age of 50. Oh, that's 40% of, <laughs> of Americans can't afford a, a $400 expense without borrowing or selling something. And all the costs for uh, insurance are increasing and the level of care is decreasing. So if we don't do something about this uh, holistically, we're going to be just further exacerbating an already strained system. It never ceases to amaze me that you guys, I mean, even before Obamacare, you spent more money per capita than anyone else in the world, yet you have these outcomes. Like it's just, yeah. it's shocking. It's shocking. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. So tell me about your monetization. How are you getting paid on all this? Right. So a traditional gym membership in America costs about $40 per month per user. We charge small businesses $60 per year per user. And that's just our subscription cost. So that's, what we, uh, that's how we make our money. And it's probably a median cost. You could probably find other wellness programs that are about 10 bucks, 12 bucks per user per month. But we feel like we're the Instagram of the wellness programs where we just do a focused thing, but we try to do those focused things really well. Excellent. Good. So tell me about the end user experience thus far. You had word of mouth, you know, the employers are liking it. What's the feedback you've gotten from the actual employees? Yeah, the employees love it. We just spoke to about five employees in the past week that have already saved $2,000 with how wow. active they've become in a matter of six months with, with the app. We've saved overall, just on a consumer app since we launched November 21st, we've saved over 500 users a total of $20,000 to date. So, $20,000, wow. $20,000. So we're moving a lot of money. We're using ACH. Oh, it's worth mentioning. So the beauty of our system is we'll hopefully by the end of the year be able to help small businesses claim a tax deduction up to 40%, depending on which state you're in. Well, whatever you spend on the program. There is no tax benefit for the employees, but they do have the additional advantage of seeing the funds directly in their savings account and they can spend it whichever way they want. There's no claim process, no bar holds. Wow, good. I mean, again, another win. <laughs> yeah, uh, we just want to make it as easy as possible and frictionless as possible. Well, it sounds like you're doing that. So basically we're getting... Um, we're getting close to about half an hour, which is where I usually start to have things up for people. A couple of sure. bigger, bigger things, uh, bigger questions for you. So uh, essentially, first off, if you had one wish for something you could change in your company, your industry, or whatever it is you're doing, what would it be? I think the biggest change that we're aiming for and as part of our mission is to provide the health insurance world a teaching moment, that there is an easier way of doing things that is mutually beneficial and profitable. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, when, I, when you first approached me about this thing, I thought to myself, what is this? A savings app for walking? So I thought, okay, that might be interesting. But I did not see the insurance police coming. And it was, it was quite, quite remarkable. And it makes so much sense when you think about it. What has been the yeah. biggest challenge that you faced in uh, starting, this, starting this company and getting it to where it is? They always say that the founders that can get a company from zero to 100K in revenue are the toughest ones. It's the toughest job. I would say probably that's the case. It's finding that founder market fit, which I knew I had, but then finding that product market fit, which we're, we know we have now, but we're still committed to just refining to really establish our beachhead. So establishing our beachhead is really the most, like that's the thing I eat, sleep, and breathe. Yep. And, you know, it's the old saying about the, you know, your 100 or 1,000 true believers. You get those, <laughs> find those people and word of mouth, they'll, you know, they'll be the mavens and they'll bring in other people. And it's a tough slog early on when you're basically doing something that someone has never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Storytelling is a big part of this as well. Uh, that has been a natural growing learning curve is how do I get it to be easier and easier and easier to understand? We, we installed a chatbot on our website that has been invaluable because even though we had the words written really clearly, people still will ask me, hey, how does this thing work? Where's the money coming from? <laughs> and uh, You're assuming people read the website. Like that's, that's the kind of plot. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Videos um, work really well. That's, all, that's the only tip I'm giving you. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So all, all part of the process, but um, for how far we've come, in less than two years, working to build this part-time on the side of a full-time job and having our first kid. I'm extremely proud of what we've built and who we've helped so far, even if the impact hasn't been in the volume that would be um, attractive for VCs or anything like that quite yet. Fair enough. The, uh, but, uh, so, I'm gonna, so two children, a company and a, an actual child in a very short time. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. we had to create a lot of stress and not much sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so basically with that, the last question I have for you is what about what you're working on excites you, gets you up in the morning, gets you going? What is it that keeps you driving hard? Because frankly, entrepreneurship is, is, a, is, a, tough, is a tough, tough thing to get through, even in the best of times. Yeah, it's twofold. First part is personal growth. I've been a designer, uh, first an industrial designer, and then uh, digital and service products. And I wanted to see what I'm made of and if I have the leadership ability to kind of build up a product and build a business and actually hire employees and uh, have a positive impact on my community. So just being able to have the opportunity to test that every day and uh, lead a group of people behind this charge is extremely humbling. And then the other part is obviously making this succeed the purpose first. And then I still have a hope that if the purpose is met, then the revenue will come on its own. Frankly, I mean, you're, you're so aligned with the long-term welfare of both the end employee and the, uh, and the employer. You're such a positive story, you know, I, and frankly, you're <laughs> helping make America slimmer one step at a time. So kudos to you. It's, uh, it's a great effort okay. that you're undertaking. Yeah, thank you so much. That's the beauty of this thing is it somehow personally connects with anyone that I speak to about it. And I just love hearing those stories. Yep, as you should. You're doing you're doing good work. So, thank you very much for your time. Uh, this has been great. Uh, it's again, I did was it was a surprising intersection of fitness monitoring, behavioral finance, and uh, and insurance that I was not expecting when we first started talking. But uh, yeah. I hope people will find this interesting, and I hope the gears will get spinning in some people's heads about how 
different sectors can intersect like this and create uh, outcomes that benefit everyone. Yeah, and we're going to be in Canada before the end of this year as well. So Excellent. look out for that. Yeah. Well, let me know. Will do. Right. <laughs> Thanks Thank for you. having me on. Thank you. So that was my interview with Amzutar of Squirrel. Hope you enjoyed that. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is your podcast. Until next time, I'm Jason Pereira. Take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at fintechimpact.co.